This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This is the Colorado Hunting Hub Podcast, where we cover hunting in the West, but mostly hunting in the destination state of Colorado. You'll find information that will help you plan, prepare, and motivate you for your hunt, but also keep you updated on happenings in the Western hunting world. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colorado Hunting Hub. We have our new host coming on here pretty quick. She just got some equipment, and we're going to get rolling with recording uh she'll be co-hosting or hosting in another location so i'm excited to have drea on board and welcome her as with uh with open arms because she's got a whole nother perspective especially as a female hunter guide who has more hunting experience than than uh most men so that'll be great to have her on the team and getting us a far more perspective than just my own. We uh, are still running our coupon codes that we had and some of the highlights on gear. So make sure if you don't have your Onyx Hunt app updated and you need a new membership, not everybody's going to get one, but send me an email. Tell me a hunting story, something, send me a picture, and uh, we'll post it and then give you a Onyx membership if you need one. I'll go with the first one or two people that do that, and then otherwise I'll just say, hey, thanks, sweet sweet buck. Also want to shout out to Big Agnes. They've been a big supporter to everything we've been doing and appreciate the gear they've been allowing us to test out. So you should go check out their stuff. As stuff gets cold, winter gets, gets here, and you need a warmer sleeping bag. I will tell you what, the one game changer they have is a Merino wool sleeping bag liner. That thing is changes the game because it's like flannel sheets instead of getting into a cold sleeping bag it warms up quicker because it's merino wool 
and gives you another few degrees. So if you're a cheapo like myself and just have maybe one bag, like a 15 degree bag, you could get away with that liner and your 15 degree bag. And what I'm thinking about doing this December when I have a planes hunt, it's just maybe bringing a blanket to throw on top to give me yet another 10 degrees or so. So that you need to check out them. Also, Wilderness Athletes still giving us 25% off with coupon code HuntingHub. Branded Bills is giving us 20% off, HuntingHub20. And as always, I'm buying and selling antlers or mounts. So let me know what you need. Make sure you check out uh, Drea's Instagram. It's what's underscore your underscore wild. And she's got her uh, blog site, which we've posted the link below and her email is down below as well so you can reach out to her again thanks for listening this episode we have marissa tasha she is not necessarily an artist she is an artist but uh, she doesn't necessarily claim to be uh, but does some different things with dead stuff and so we're trying to figure out what to do with our smaller antlers our european mounts our different things that we bring home from the field and how to decorate with them, how to put them across around the house to, to look good. And she does exactly that. So instead of having just a pile in the barn or something like that, that you could sell me, um, you can do some different things with them to, to really enjoy that trophy that you had. If it isn't a mount that you're doing with it. So here's a little short episode on, Uh, preserving that harvest, sharing that harvest, decorating with that harvest. So check this out and thanks for listening. Well, Marissa, thanks for jumping on a hunting podcast with me. Uh, Just a second ago, we were kind of laughing about some of my funky ideas about what I'm, what I got rolling on this thing. Uh, But I don't think this is far outside the box. Actually, there's so many of us that have items that we found in the woods or we harvested we hunted we killed whatever and we brought them home and displaying them can be a challenge sometimes so uh met you uh and you've got some unique ideas on displaying your harvest so i want you to introduce yourself first and then we'll we'll jump into some ideas hey well thank you um, yeah, I'm originally from Fort Worth, so learned a lot about Western things to do. Everyone likes to go hunting and fishing on the ranch every weekend. It's kind of what I grew up doing, going out with my dad and his friends, going fishing, going hunting. I always enjoyed going and riding my horses and um, felt like every time I went out, I always found something new and kind of have continued that. I um, moved to Colorado a few years ago near Aspen and have my horses up here and I uh always find like really cool stuff whether it's like bones or sheds or whatever I'm always bringing home feathers and crazy things for my rides and uh, like a lot of people I ended up with having like all this stuff around my house and I felt like my house looked like a graveyard and <laughs> I'm like and unorganized okay. <laughs> unorganized it can look creepy and weird <laughs> exactly people are like wow you're really into bones and dead animals and I'm like not really but this I kind of need to do something with this kind of at this point um so yeah I just kind of started to get creative and my first thing that I tried was a steer skull that I had 
And um, it was nice, had polished horns, and I just was like, what can I do with this? And I'm, you know, riding horses, rodeos, kind of a rhinestone cowgirl. I like things that are shiny. And I started to figure out what I could do with this steer skull and make it shine and have some, like, new modern life to it without taking away its natural beauty. So I found this material that's reflective and fun, and I finished this skull out, and all my friends were like, wow, that's that's kind of cool. You should make more. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, all right, well, I don't know what to do. I started looking on Facebook, and I got a 555 elk. And I'm like, all right, this is next. And I did that one, and now I'm starting to make these art skulls with this reflective material. Uh, did you have a background in any sort of art or, or was this just, just came up and just a outlet it you stumbled on? Totally never been an artist. People have asked me, are you an artist? And I'm like, no, I'm not an artist. I ride horses <laughs> and I just find cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. And we've been kind of chatting and sharing ideas about just how to display some of those things. Uh, because again, sometimes this just piles up and as hunters, we get piles of antlers. We get, uh, I got a cup full of pheasant feathers, turkey feathers, you got turkey fans and, uh, turkey beards or, I mean, we got, we got a list of that's pretty long. My buddy, uh, has a pile of antlers that is just huge and, uh, things are building up. So we're trying to find ways of uniquely displaying, uniquely, uh, and coming down to really respecting that animal to the fullest, even though if it's a, not something you harvested, just something that you found and, and not letting that just rot outside, um, but displaying it because, because it provides a unique, unique item. A conversation right. piece, uh, something that that means something to you, and and I, and you, as you know, I buy and sell antlers. Every antler I have found, they don't get sold. <laughs> I don't, yeah, and so I always give That's people the hard part. <laughs> yeah, I always give people the options like, hey, if you don't want to sell them, if you're emotionally connected to this, don't sell it. It's it's your thing, and so those yeah. are. I am emotionally connected to all of it, and I don't want to get rid of it. So yeah. You're packing out from a hunting trip and you find like a really cool deadhead and you've got this crazy story being stuck out there in the cold weather. You you, you want to keep it for the memory for sure. Exactly. I got this big yeah. shocky elk shed that I saw and then I saw a good buck to the left of him like 50 yards. I shot that buck and now that, that shed antler, which is a huge bull, chalky and all busted off at the ends he's he's staying there like on the top of my cabinet because it's it's got that connection to the deer which is mounted right around the corner so it's, right it's a cool thing and obviously the one thing that that we all know about with displaying our harvest is some taxidermy there's some really unique taxidermy out there and we're not jumping into that we've done that with in a previous episode but there's other things that we can do because we're not always going to mount every single thing that you harvest or find or, or whatever. So what are some of those things that that you've uh, found that you like to do besides or maybe, yeah, dive d deeper into those? Sure. Yeah, I agree. We see a bunch of piles of, of sheds out in 
the yard and out by the warehouse and you're like I see those and I'm like wow I could do so much with that and it's just sitting there in some guy's yard um some things that I've come across that I really enjoy looking at and things that I want to make are some table accents and to do them differently instead of just like laying a circle of some sheds around a candle um putting them together doing a little bit of drilling um a lot of different ways to make our sheds and antlers have a little bit more of a modern touch is adding a different material. So I'm seeing a lot of like acrylic, which really doesn't take away from the natural horn or antler and putting those on stands to make table accents are a really great way to change things up. Um, also seeing a lot of like metallic metals, to just kind of like bring some shine and make things a little bit different than like our dad's sheds that are lying around the house. Um, right. Also, like if you do still like that rustic look, I really like a bunch of like wood slices and just putting like a rod through there. But I think that to make it really stand out in a different way is making those antlers stand upright for the table accents, whether it's a bookend or just something to put on the end of your table or on a nightstand. Um, I like those a lot. Yeah. Uh, you sent me a couple of pictures earlier and there's, uh, just a couple of little rod stands. Do you know, are those something you're having made or just an idea you want to try? And and to describe that, all it is, is a flat, looks like a piece of metal with a rod going up and probably a hole drilled in the back of a shed. So it's just displaying that, that shed just straight up and taking up and you can see the whole thing a lot of times when you lay those antlers down you it just kind of doesn't look the same they don't they don't get displayed unless they have a sometimes they call it a little kickstand or a drop tine that that's sits upright uh so what yeah where did you see that idea or how how would somebody is that something that you're diving into with those stands it's it is something i'm diving into um i'm kind of uh, finding a difficulty with time between like skulls and all the projects that I want to do. But those stands really aren't something too difficult for someone to create on their own. You can, you can buy a stand, a stand um, even just if you have something that you can solder with and sure. have a very small drill. It's pretty attainable for any hunter to be able to make one of his own to display. And they really are beautiful and simplistic. And that's what's really neat about it. And I liked the, the other idea you shared here, which is some twine, uh, wrapping a few antlers together for just a jewelry rack. One white tail uh, tines down, and then another one or two upwards to catch jewelry. I made one of those for my wife just on a little piece of wood at, with all like a white two white tail t- uh, sheds going upwards, holding onto some some jewelry but i like this probably a little bit better than what i did <laughs> well yeah it's it's a really like it's a really neat idea you know girls hunt too we find our stuff as well and it's it's feminine it's you know it's just it's different and for those that don't have a rustic house it doesn't have to be or if you do have a rustic house it's like a perfect touch the ideas are really endless like i've seen antlers used as tie backs for curtains or shower 
shower curtain rods and all sorts of things. And, uh, you know, it's just how creative you want to be and how much time you want to put into it. But with just a simple drill, you can do so much with your sheds and really display them in different ways. I had a uh, picture I found online just of an elk antler screwed to a board and it was holding a towel. It was a towel rack. And I use that to try and put out on Facebook to try and find people to buy antlers because Facebook kicks me off all the time because they don't they don't want you buying and selling animal parts. So it, you suck, Facebook. <laughs> you won't let, yeah. me, won't let me buy and sell my crap. So, yeah. uh, and, and I put that out there. It's like looking for rustic Western decor kind of thing, trying to hide the antler part. And uh, I had I had people like, I want that. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't have that item. I just was wanting the antlers. <laughs> so it's, right. um, there's, yeah, there was just another idea. Um, and then there's, there's knife handles. I, uh, that's another one of those kind of obvious items or, uh, a lot of furniture related things. I got a gentleman now asking about some, some elk antlers and deer antlers to make a coffee table and just, maybe four elk antlers, certain length tines to go down to the floor or deer, maybe like eight, nine deer or so to, to wrap around tines down to, for, for that. So just another cool, unique idea. Um, you had, uh, when we, you first took a look at some of my items that I had for sale and you, you went and started grabbing a bunch of antlers and Mm -hmm. throwing together in a wreath. (laughs) describe that a little bit like what was your thought process what were you doing with that and just a cool way to display a bunch of deer that you probably aren't going to mount and they just pile up and it's a good idea exactly thanks um yeah i think that antler wreaths are just really cool you can leave them up all year round um my my thought actually was to use if you remember i was grabbing all the natural colored antlers and then we kind of ran out of those and then I started blending in the, the bleached ones and I was kind of like, Oh, that's cool. You could do mixed. Like you can make it all one or all different, all bleached and um, all sorts of mixes there, make it really unique. And again, just using a drill, as long as you have something to hold it on your door that won't rip through it, right. uh, you can definitely make one. And, um, it's not something we see very often, you know, up here in the mountains, we do see a bunch of like the elk or the, uh, the antler chandeliers and it's, it kind of gets that same blended look to where it's just like very dimensional and really cool. And you could add ornaments to it or lights or pine cones or whatever you want and really just play with it and have a lot of fun. Sure. And my buddy, owns a antler buying businesses too as well and he has a product called uh wall claws wall k-l-a-w-s uh so that's an item if anybody wants to go check that out on dakota antlers facebook page they've got those wall claws and they just screw them to the wall and just hold an antler uh and then you and i've talked also about skull hooker uh i don't do anything for that they don't do anything for me uh haven't really purchased them. I love their idea. They're a little spendy. Have you, I know you were digging into those a little bit. Any, anything you found that you're kind of sold on? Well, so for my skulls, I've really tried to stay minimalistic. 
no no boards behind them or anything i like the sculpture it has a bit more of a modern look so i don't want it to have that old school mount on it um so i do like the idea of the hookers and they keep the the mount the head off of the wall and the teeth eating up the wall and all that um also you can position it right so that's a big part of my art is i definitely want it to like display correctly uh other than that though honestly i've kind of stuck to my roots twine has been really great and never breaks literally just stringing that through and it's perfectly fine for the steers and some of the more more basic skulls and i just kind of like keeping it simple yeah and some of the some there can be some expense like if you shot nice little five point elk or whatever like mine this year he's little 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 i am not gonna go take him to the taxidermist to go have him european mounted because i'm cheap like that so i don't know what that costs i know it used to be like 100 bucks 125 bucks now i think it's 175 bucks or 200 bucks i don't know what that costs anymore but it's a decent amount just to to have that skull all cleaned up and it can be a pretty doable thing what uh and then we were joking about that before we hit record what was your experience with with trying that (laughs) (laughs) well um I definitely love schools, but I realized I can't do every single part of the process myself. You know, it, um, I can't go and find every skull or every bone myself. I can't clean it up myself every time. Um, and boiling, I discovered in my kitchen that it has a pretty rank smell, that's for <laughs> <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> and um, uh, you can also overboil and then discolor your skull. So, if if you're wanting to do it right, either have someone with you to teach you how to do it first or or have somebody else do it. It's definitely worth it, especially if it's not something that you don't want to mess up. Um, yeah, learn yeah. that the hard way. Won't do it again. Yeah. Definitely up for trading on, you know, I'll I'll decorate a skull for you if you boil it up for me type of thing. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've messed around with that a lot. I watched a buddy boil a antelope skull and i could see it was overboiled. i could see they didn't pop the horns off so it probably stunk for a little bit uh antelope I, that was something new i learned just recently how to do those but there's a couple of different processes one if you have a have a box of beetles that's like the easiest go-to stick them in there and away they go however caring for those beetles is a little tricky i've tried it uh i think it's just one of those things you gotta do a little more research than i did but Mm -hmm. they clean up really well and and they leave everything there because the sinuses all add to the piece pieces the uh, nose pieces like all those fine little bones that can disappear uh or even the teeth teeth falling out that's a that's a real bummer uh, and then there's another process called maceration where you literally let the thing rot in water. So setting the skull down, submerged into the water, put a bag over it so it gets nice and warm, maybe a little electric heat pad underneath or a little heat electric burner just to keep it warm. And that over a day or two 
will just allow that the muscle and the stuff to just to slough off. It's super disgusting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and then after that I get I get crazy with a power washer and that is what gets really, really disgusting. So uh, and it just creates a big stinky mess. So you, definitely not for everybody and have to have that space for it. But the power washer really allows you to not overboil or spend a ton of time there picking with the pliers, picking with a knife, cutting and all that. So allowing that maceration process and then going out power washing, sticking the power washer in every little hole on the skull into uh, the back of the sinus, front of the sinus. You can get all that, that out really nicely. And on the, I stick the power washer right into the end of the brain stem and it liquefies the brain and that all eventually the water turns clear and it's out of there and it works out pretty good but again a mess and <laughs> yeah <laughs> but after that and then some whitening I, some people like to leave them nice and natural for you i know that the whitening doesn't really matter too much because you end up covering that but just yeah. another method yes i i do like to leave um some color you know, to where you can tell it's a real skull, you know, dirt on the teeth. I don't mind. Um, I, you know, that I love the intricacies of the sinus cavities. I think that's just like the coolest part. All those little, the webbing in there is really neat to leave. And then you see like a design over that, a design around the skull, but then you still see the natural parts to it through the cavities and the eye sockets and possibly up, where the nostrils were is, is like a really great contrast. And I like leaving that natural sight part of it. So we got a couple ideas out, out there now that we are just working our way through what, what are some of the places or locations in your home that, that are good to place some of these sorts of things that you've found or even some of your customers I know have, have requested something specific uh, we are looking for a matching set of either those kudu or the smaller longhorns we were working on. Location yes. around a home. Chat with us so, about that. A lot really relies on space. For example, um, you know, if you have seven, eight foot, if you have eight foot ceilings, um, a massive six by six elk isn't <laughs> display very well. So taking into consideration your space. And then um, what you're into as far as, you know, tall, if you're looking at a kudu or if you're looking at width with a longhorn above the bed would be beautiful. Or um, some of the smaller things with. Yes. A longhorn above the bed. That is perfect because I have a lot (laughs) that need to go somewhere. So let's push them longhorns. (laughs) Definitely might not be for every wife, but for those who (laughs) will go for it, it really is great. Um, Or just even, uh, you know, stands and tables next to your couch. Having those those antlers standing upright really adds some tallness to to your furniture to where not everything's just at the same level. Uh, on each sides of windows or above doorways and walkways are really great. You know, you don't have to just stick to the traditional like deer above the fireplace type thing. <laughs> right. right. Um, I don't add too much to my kitchen. I like I, I don't add dead to my kitchen where I'm going to eat, but pretty much everywhere in my house is covered with something that used to be 
living. <laughs> I um, even we haven't really talked much about hides, but I throw those everywhere as well, just to add like a different texture. Um, I have a sheepskin laid over my nightstand, so it's like all fuzzy and not just like a cold, cold tabletop. Um, you know, I ride horses a bunch. Chaps are another thing that get thrown around the house, um, making your hides into, a, you know, something wearable is always really cool as well. That's nothing new, but coming up with like different things to just use the whole part of the body is also something I really like to get into. Yeah, I, I have still to tannery the back half of my mountain goat. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but... <laughs> I, I, I will have it <laughs> soon. So I figured just like draping it over the the stair staircase or railing of some sort. Or um, I like that idea of maybe just an end table, throwing it over top yeah. of that. Um, and then I've also seen furniture made out of them. So like a stool or a swivel chair or something where you would upholster that, upholstering it with a hide. There's so many, a lot of people like doing that with zebra or yes <laughs> any, anything they get people who go on africa trips they come back and they've got they maybe mount something but they got the back half of a uh gemsbuck or something that's kind of a really cool hide and then you just end up with these butts of animals <laughs> not really knowing what to do with them <laughs> but they're, it's nice nice thin thin hide that could be made into some different things so there's there's an option what uh have you tried anything with, with elk or deer in that regard? Because I know that hair just isn't quite as nice. Yeah. Sometimes what you want to avoid is thinking, okay, is that going to be like itchy if I sit on it? You know, just like textures and feels, if it's comfortable or not. Things that I don't want to touch, I'll just like lay over a table or a shelf and then put pictures or something on top of it. Um, so not always like touchy-feely, but adding just something somewhere that makes it look different um another really big aspect too is like is is the coloring um like monochromatic is really popular right now and so definitely looking into that with like sheds and stuff bleached like bleached antlers is like a really big thing right now that i would have never thought we would have any value to it you know like a traditional hunter we're like well no we kind of want the natural color or i i do you know um and and so seeing a lot i don't know we're just like seeing a bunch of different like colors but seeing everything kept the same color if that makes sense like Like, it's like uh hgtv and their white kitchens all these people in a white kitchen yeah. So, um, it we're, you know, it's, it's also the same as like skulls are, you know, now creating more value, but it's like, if you talk to a traditional taxidermist, they're like, well, skulls don't have value compared to a full mount. <laughs> right. Exactly. So huge changes there. Um, like what about all the furs in my house are all the same color. I don't know. I, I kind of go towards the monochromatic, but then blending with a different color to make it stand out. Sure. Any, any ideas for just maybe smaller skulls? Like 
I've, I've collected a few just from animals. I've harvested a couple of bobcat and some beaver, a couple of, couple of bear, just smaller skulls. Anything you've messed around with those that's been pretty neat? I have some lying around. I haven't done anything with yet. Um, the bobcat skulls are really cool. I mean, you can get your hands on those when you find them. Um, but the smaller ones like that, I have seen quite a bit that are just made into the accents for tables like we talked about before. Um, I would, I'd, I'd like to start getting into those and doing some smaller things as well. Uh, it's just a matter of time. Perfect. I have two beaver, two bobcat you can have. <laughs> <laughs> I did not set you up for that. <laughs> Sorry. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just that, some of the ones that I had, I was just putting on a bookshelf and I tried to put one under, I have a full body mount bobcat and I was trying to slide it in on there, uh, on the rocks with it to maybe it's a thing, but I don't know. Um, yeah. So what, what other, uh, what other things come to mind that, that you're thinking of around just decorating with our dead crap? (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I think it's just kind of to avoid that like graveyard look that we can really fall into. Um, just keeping things more fresh looking, you know, and, um, the other people in our house might appreciate it too, (laughs) kind of cleaning it up a little bit. And, um, I just like adding a little modern twist that doesn't take away from its natural beauty. It's really what I'm about. And I would assume most of my listener base is male. I don't know that for a fact. Uh, and we now with, uh, Drea jumping on board and being a, a co-host or a host as well on this podcast. Yeah. She's going to bring a whole big female audience, which I'm really excited about. But Sweet. Uh, a lot of the typical white male hunters who bring stuff home and have that conversation with their wife about putting it here and you hear about so many guys with, I can't have my stuff in the house. I can't have this in the house. Mm-hmm. So I think I think this is very applicable to the the average dude that is just trying to appreciate his stuff and maybe by taking some of your advice that can that can end up on the mantle or on a coffee table or just something simple to to remember the hunt so yes that's good stuff. i agree that's good yes stuff. making it to where everybody enjoys seeing it and you know people that aren't like wanting to just look at dead animals all day can appreciate its beauty as well right well uh let's plug your business what, uh, how can people get a hold of you if they're wanting a piece done or, or to check out what you've, I know you're holding off yet on, on displaying some of those things to the copycats. Sorry. No, you're fine. Kids at home. <laughs> <laughs> That's just fine. Uh, but you're trying to prevent some copycats of your, your art and, uh, but people are going to want to see your stuff and maybe purchase it figure out how to because yeah, we don't all have any artistic ability so we have to reach out and have people do that for us well definitely um i I'd, I'd love to always take in commission pieces and i think it's always really special to get something from someone and um take take that piece and make it whatever color or um whatever piece of art they want to turn it into and get it mounted uh, I will be listed on your podcast and people can uh, Facebook or Instagram me uh, both under my name, Marissa Tasha, 
and I do have a catalog with current skulls and colors that I can create. Um, and the option I am at home with the kids. Yeah, he's in his jammies. And um, <laughs> um, opportunities are really endless. I'm, I'm really looking forward to working with a lot of people and creating what they want so that they're happy with their find and their home. Um, and making sure that everybody loves their art. Well, awesome. Well, uh, I appreciate your time, and I know your kids' school district is not in session, so you're having to do school at home and as well as make a living and, and do what you got to do throughout the day. So that's, that's gotta be a challenge. And, but I want to thank you for your time on that and sharing some, some ideas on how we can display our harvest. Well, thank you. That was a lot of fun. I appreciated talking to you about it all. To the land, but it ain't my ground. This is God's country. <laughs>